Hello and welcome to By the Mash Turn, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about some beer. Hello, I'm Mike Harrison Wood. I'm Carl Noble. How are you doing, Carl? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. You've you've been having a fantastic brew day today. It's it's been going really well. It's been uh, raining outside. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's getting into sort of like classic autumn weather <laughs> in for December. the for the what was it the third of December? So classic autumn time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've been just been having a nice brew day, and it's been going quite well. And yep. I'm brewing. What I think is quite a good classic autumn-y, autumn-y beverage. Yeah, which is? Uh, I'm doing a coconut brown ale. Oh, that's why the house smells of coconut. That is exactly why the house smells Lovely. just like coconut. Toasted yeah. coconut. So yep. I went, went to the shop this morning and bought loads of coconut, uh, desiccated coconut and I toasted it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the coconut brown isn't a style that you see a lot. I, I don't think I've seen any commercial examples of, of just coconut in a brown ale. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've got brown ales aplenty. Uh, loads of them. Loads of them. Uh, from the classic Newcastle brown that we may or may not be taking into later. <laughs> Who knows? To the, the more modern style of American brown with uh, a lot more hops. Uh, but still, one of the one of the characteristics that in common is that rich, chocolatey, smooth, rounded malt without much bite. It's all about the smoothness and the mm, lovely. Yeah, it's all about kind of blending it together. Uh, so this one is going to be an American brown ale. And uh, this is a recipe I brewed um, right when I first started uh, making uh, beer. And it was based off... I went to visit my brother. My brother lives in America. Mm. and Florida, um, Oh, he lives in Florida now, but at the time he was living in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Um, And I went over there for Christmas. And I was getting to try all these different beers that I hadn't tried before, uh, which was really good because it was, you know, it was about... I don't know, five, six years ago, something like that. Oh, so, wow. you know, so, so the, the, the scene over here wasn't quite as big as it is now. Mm. So I was getting to try a load of amazing beers. Um, and one of the ones I tried was from Kona Brewing from Hawaii. And they do a coconut brown ale. Oh, do they? Yeah. Ah. Um, and I was blown away by it. I was like, oh, my God, this is absolutely amazing. Mm. You know, because it had that American brown ale. Um, you know, it had the hoppiness, it had the the the, the rounded bitterness uh, and the maltiness, but then with this you know powerful toasted coconut flavour running through it. So when I when I started brewing, I was like, okay, you can't get that in the UK because <laughs> no. it ju- they just don't export it over here. It's a seasonal beer and it doesn't get exported over here. We get corner brews, yeah, yeah, I was but we say, don't yeah. get that yeah we definitely um, do see some of their standard styles the light and hoppy stuff yes really. yes i think longboard um mm. and big wave i think are the two that we get over here but yeah we don't get that so i was like well if i want it i'm gonna have to make it so i did and <laughs> then you know this is the like, second time i've brewed this recipe uh-huh. um so things have changed a little bit um i haven't really tweaked with the uh, with the grain bill but i have tweaked the hop bill uh, uh-huh. from what it was just to try and well just try and use up some of the hops that i had rather than buying <laughs> more hops um but also just i know more about hops now than i did then yeah it can be a bit sort of 
uh, trial and error. Yeah, exactly. Days. So I think then I was putting in a 60-minute hop edition, a 45-minute hop edition, and you know various other things. And now I know it's like, okay, well, that 45-minute was probably largely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, so I, I sacked that off and just went for um, you know a 60-minute edition for the bittering, and then uh, two aroma editions at five minutes yeah um so yeah it should work out quite well because it did last time and there's obviously a lot of toasted coconut in there well you say you've not changed the malt bill what is the malt bill uh so malt bill um as our base we've got marisotta yeah like like pretty run-of-the-mill we know exactly what that tastes like so we're not gonna go schnaffling on that mainly because i don't have any so you know it's all used it all i did yeah Yeah. i mean we can go dig out the mash tun if you want and start chewing on everything Uh, that's in there if you want no no No? you're right let's move on okay so next one is going to be biscuit malt oh biscuit malt Mm, yeah so this one works out to being round about 10 percent of the grain bill that's really high for biscuit malt, isn't it? Biscuit malt's quite an aggressive flavour. I'm, I'm just about to just about, in just, just about to dig in. It works really well in brown ales, though. That's the thing. It really kind mm. of adds that malty flavour that you're oh. looking for, but without bringing that bitterness in. It's like being slapped in the face by a biscuit. A really dry, aggressive biscuit. Yeah. Like, when, like, wow. Like when I was um, measuring out all of the grain, you get that sort of like dust that comes up and you get that mm. strong smell. And it was like somebody had just like thrown a digestive in my face, and I was yeah. like, "All oh, right, okay, there's that." God, that's um, yeah, lingering as there's, well. There's no, there's no bitterness to it. Not no, no. Like, it's, it's just, just really it, strong flavour. Yeah, really strong, really malty. Not um, very sweet. No, and that I think really helps with the with the brown ale um, mm. sort of taste because you you want that rounded malty taste, but you don't want any of the sort of like dark roast bitterness Mm. Um, you know you want a little bit of that but you don't want to push it too far into the sort of like porter territory or stout territory you want that roast to balance with the hoppy bitterness and neither of the two dominate just have a nice rounded thing Mm. a nice rounded thing bits of everything yeah biscuit malt big fan of absolutely love biscuit malt i'm still tasting that (laughs) it's real good chew chew on that all all day long that's Um, that's an all day snack that's not that's not a finish the whole bag in one film thing no no it's not definitely not uh so next is going to be munich malt oh we've had munich before we have had munich before it's lovely it's 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 sort of like marisotta but a bit more toasty yeah a tiny 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 lightly toasted marisotta i do like munich me too (laughs) i try and brew with it every now and again Try and chuck it in just a li- just a, a a little bit enough to maybe give it a hint of something else rather than just your standard marisotta. But yeah, well, it, t- it tends to add just a, a a slightly maltier character, but still keeping it nice and crisp mm. because that is a lot sweeter than the biscuit malt. Oh yeah, yeah, like, you can, you, like you loads can, more. Yeah, you can get that sweetness, but that that malty taste isn't really that prominent. Mm. It's there and it's subtle, um, but yeah. I mean that that doesn't make up a lot. That's um, you know about five percent of my grain bill is nice, Munich. Nice, nice. Uh, and then coming in at six point nine percent is chocolate malt. Ooh. So this is where you're going to get your colour from. Uh, and it's this, dark, and this is where you get the chocolatey flavour. Um, so in the recipe, it's called for uh, six hundred eighty-nine EBC uh, colour rating. Um, the one I'm using is nine fifty. 
So wow. this beer is slightly darker uh, than a Ugh. standard than a standard uh, brown ale, but the the bitterness won't really change that much. Ugh. How are you feeling about that? That is acrid. That is burnt to a crisp. That is done. That is like licking too burnt toast. Just, just the black bits. Are you not getting any coffee? I mean, it is developing, but mm. that first hit is just overwhelmingly burnt. Yeah, and like, it's quite a low percentage, so that burnt bitterness won't really come through that much. Like that, yeah. the, you should get a a pretty good chocolate taste. The, yeah, yeah. So from the, that. the sweetness of the Marisotta and the Munich, and then the the biscuity bite of yeah. the uh, biscuit malt. Yeah, just balances yeah. balances that out really well. Um, then we've got uh, 3.5% of carapils. Okay, carapils. Mm. I believe it's here. You believe it is there. Yes. So, yeah, like, so I like carapils. Yeah, it's, it, it's just, you know, a slightly toasted Pilsner malt. Mm. So you got that more sort of yeah, like yellow flavour? I don't know how to describe it. Um, it's it's not like your, your sort of standard grains. It's it's light, it's crisp, it's refreshing. Yeah. And then there's a little bit of toast. You, you've got a, a slight grassiness to it as well. Yeah. Um, it just adds like a, a, a slight freshness. Yeah. it's The, the flavour is definitely, you know, like when farmers uh, in, in the cartoons have a, a stalk of wheat in their mouth, yeah. it tastes like that. It that tastes layer. like you've got a stalk of wheat in your mouth and you're just, <laughs> and you're just, you're just chewing away on it. It's that chlorophylly sort of yeah. flavour, despite it not being green. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's still there. Um, the next one is yeah. flaked wheat. Flaked wheat, which is, you know, just wheat really, isn't it? Yeah, it's essentially just porridge oats. <laughs> no, and that's, that's, that, that's what you yeah. got there. But, uh, um, but with wheat rather than oat. Yeah. So No crime? Yeah. Um, the, the reason for this is head retention. Uh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Because uh, there is coconut. Coconut has oil. Yeah. Oil kills head. So a good amount of um, good amount of flaked wheat. So I mean, we're sitting on three percent, three percent flaked wheat. Mm, there it is. Yeah, you're getting that sort of cereally grainy flavors there. Not getting much banana. That might have been masked by other things. Um, and, and that tends to come out more with the wheat malt from my experience. Yeah, well, that's anyway. it. Like this, this isn't malted. No, it's, so it's just flaked. It is just squashed. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. So, you, you know, you're not going to get... Um, it's not really going to add much to uh, the percentage. It's not going to add much to the alcohol because there's just no sugar there. Mm. Uh, you know, it hasn't been malted. You know, there'll be a slight conversion, but nothing, nothing huge. Um, yeah. You know, it is purely a head retention thing. It's just there to give it a little bit of body. And so there's not much percentage in there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You have changed some parts of the recipe, though. Hops. I have changed some parts of the recipe. So um, I'm rocking with 15 grams of Apollo oh, Okay. for bittering. Mm, because, Apollo. The, because the Apollo I had is 19% wow. alpha acids. Yeah. So it was like 15 grams bargain don't need to use a lot there yeah it's it's a hop that i uh, saw a lot more regularly about three four years ago or something there was a lot of breweries doing a single hop apollo 
Yeah. Haven't really seen many since, maybe because of that aggressive like well, it's, you. Yeah, well, it's um it's used quite a lot in sort of like IPAs. As just um, bittering. Uh, well, as bittering, but also flavouring, because it, oh, really? it has like grapefruity sort of flavours. Okay. Um, but Stops obviously, too. yeah. But as I'm just using it for bittering, like they won't come through. But with an American brown ale, you do want it to walk that fine line between almost like a red IPA, mm. but, you know, not as super fruity and much heavier on the malty side. Yeah. So you do kind of want those sort of clean, fresh flavours coming from the hops, but not, not for it to be super overpowering. Yeah. Um, then we've got Magnum. Yeah. As Lovely. an aroma. Yeah. And Willamette. Oh, okay. As I've, an aroma. I've not done anything with Willamette, so... Uh, Willamette's, Willamette's real nice. It's it's found a lot in, like, IPAs okay. um, and, you know, various other styles. And, and for those that aren't familiar with Magnum uh, and Willamette, what sort of uh, aroma flavours are they going to... Uh, so Willamette is um, sort of like floral, spicy, bit grassy. Um, so with it being a brown ale, I kind of want that spiciness to come through because uh, mm. I think it'll balance with the coconut really well. Um, I think probably and the grassiness as well. Yeah, the the closest um, for kind of a UK hop would probably be Goldings, sort of Fuggles, but just not as dank. <laughs> basically, yeah. All right, cool. um, uh, Magnum. So um, it is sort of lager stouts um, okay. is the like you know the range it can be used in. So a, a good a good array of all sorts. Yeah, um, fairly noble, but also yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but again, it, it has those. Um, it has that spicy, that spicy sort of flavouring yeah. to it, which again I just think works really nicely in a brown ale. Um, and then like finally, that's all the hops. It's toasted coconut. Toasted coconut. Yeah. yeah. So um, on a pan, I went for two hundred grams in the mash, and then four hundred grams in uh, the last fifteen minutes of the boil. Okay. Now, and we, both those additions were toasted beforehand. Yeah. Both yep. those additions are toasted beforehand. Um, now we were speaking to Kieran in the last episode, mm-hmm. who had done a uh, coconut white stout, and the volumes of coconut they used was drastically less uh, by okay. volume. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's interesting to see, because I've cut my volume down of coconut by about half. Was it um, a bit too much last time? Then? Well, no, the, the, the coconut flavour was perfectly fine. It was just, there was a lot of it. Like there was a lot of coconut went in. So I'm thinking if I can get that same coconut flavour by using less... Yeah. Then yeah. why not? Because it just makes it cheaper. Because at some point you start getting diminishing returns. And that well, e- exactly. You can double it and only get 10% increase in yeah. intensity. So it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Um, it's a shame I don't have a bottle of the old one, but it'd be well, well past <laughs> its sell by date. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'll be quite interesting. But what I did really like when I, just after I'd made um, the coconut brown ale the first time, I actually contacted Kona. I sent them an email just saying, look, I was over in the States. I tried your beer. I really liked it. I've tried making it myself. Can you give me any advice? And they were so open. They were yeah. like, they're absolutely amazing. Like they, they, they told me kind of how they were doing it, when it went in. Um, you know, obviously they didn't give me quantities because I didn't know the size of their, uh, their brew plant. No, but you know, or anything. No, exactly. So, but they were very open to it. And I really liked that. I was yeah, like, yeah. especially when I was just getting into home brewing, actually contacting, 
uh, quite a big, biggish brewery. Yeah, yeah. And then being just open about it, just saying, yep, like, you know, you can go onto our website and most of the stuff is there anyway, um, which is really nice. So, And it it reiterates what uh, Kieran was saying last week about how just everyone, well, most people in the scene are just really friendly and, and super keen to help bring others up with them and uh, yeah. give advice and just on the understanding that you pay it forward you know you yeah, help, I mean, help someone else who needs help I'm in your time I'm fairly certain that um Kona now aren't an independent brewery I'm fairly certain they're owned by yeah. someone now which um, would make sense given their uh, in massive increase in distribution you did, yeah, you did start yeah. seeing well, them everywhere well that was it I mean like, like like considering they're a Hawaii based brewery mm. um now you're getting them in the UK. Um, but again, you're only getting certain ones. You're not getting all of them. So you're not getting mm. their seasonal ones, um, which is quite nice. So just even if they are owned by a, you know, a bigger, um, a bigger brewery or a bigger conglomerate of breweries, um, at least they're managing to get their seasonal bits in and they're getting to, you know, kind of maintain a little bit of independence that way. So yeah, yeah that was, that's, that's my coconut brown ale. That's yeah. the recipe. Oh, you, you still haven't mentioned the yeast? Uh, just gone for standard USO5. USO5! Yeah. Um, so the first time I used uh, California ale yeast, uh, yeah. White Labs California ale. Very good, uh, but I'm fairly certain I can get a perfectly drinkable beer out of using USO5 yeah. because USO5, it's nice, it's clean. I didn't want, because it's an American brown ale, I didn't want that English... Um, ale yeast sort of flavour yeah, kicking yeah. about in it. I wanted it to be, you know, clean, as crisp as a multi beer can be, <laughs> uh, hoppy, yeah. and, you know, for that coconut flavour to, to shine through. So you don't want a high mm. um, high sort of yeast profile. And so, uh, quick and predictable as well. That's, yeah, well, that's it. So, so he's fermenting at 18 degrees. Right. So, you know, pretty, be like, done. pretty standard. Like, it's yeah. it like... If I wanted it done quicker, I'd ramp it up to about 19, 20 to 21, mm. depending on how quickly I wanted it. But I've got time to let it ferment out at a reasonable pace. Yeah. Um, so and even SO, uh, USO5 at those temp, at like 20 degrees, it's still not going to give you anywhere near as many esters as oh, no. No, not other at all. yeast strains. So yeah. don't worry about that. That's yeah. fine. Well, that's it. Like, like, like I could ferment it at 20 degrees. I could yeah. ferment it at 21. The most important thing is just making making sure you maintain that temperature. Yeah. Um, and this time of year, it's as important uh, to maintain your temperature as it is during the summer because, I mean... You know the weather at the moment has just been all over the place. Yeah. Um, so and as houses get hot and cold, as the yeah. heating turns off and on. Exactly. Um, the, the the biggest thing I'm thankful for is fermentation fridges. Yeah. You know, it yeah, was the yeah. biggest thing. I, the the biggest change I made to my brewing when I first started home brewing was con- temperature control. Yeah. And you don't have to have fermentation fridge. I have seen many other ingenious ways of maintaining temperature. <laughs> um, and there are, there are some modern solutions as well that, yeah. that uh, sort of you can now get stainless steel, conical fermenters, glycol chilled. Have you ever priced but them up? They're very small. It's I presume it's for people with uh, you know good jobs, uh, perhaps not as much spare time as us two have. Yeah, uh, and not as much space. And not as much space. And just want something that they 
is like is reliable and predictable. And, yes, and I mean they, I, can, I, they I, can spend a bit more cash, yeah. but then that saves them time. Yeah, so I, like, I would it? I would love to have conical fermenters. I would love to have stainless <laughs> yeah. steel jacketed conical fermenters. Um, I'd even like like non-jacket. I just bang one in the fridge. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> my fridge is big enough. But like, at, at the time when I when I first started doing it, fridges were within my price range. Yeah. Because they are drastically cheaper. Yeah, you can get them um, secondhand from furniture and, uh, charity shops. It also them. meant that I could use the fridge as a keg fridge. Yes. So, yeah. you know, double use. Yeah, um, before you even start drilling any holes in it or anything, you can just use a uh, party tap yeah. keg thing and, and you're good to go. Like, you don't, you, you don't have to do any drastic changes no, to, to no, get a kegerator or keyser or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is, that's the brown ale. Um, yes. You know, I'm looking forward to it because last time I did it, considering I think it was like my third or fourth brew, mm. uh, got pretty good, pretty good reviews from friends and family. You know, they seem to like it. So hopefully this time it'll yeah turn out all right. Judging by the smell of this place, it's going to be <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Yeah. All right. Before we go and grab a beer, yeah. I think it's time for a small piece of beer ye, beer ye. It's time for the beer news. Oh, he's got a bit of beer news. Yeah. So uh, recently at a BBC Good Food uh, Festival thing, convention, festival, I don't, who knows, uh, the camera announced their uh, champion bottled beer of Britain. Oh. And that, who's got it? That is Fuller's yeah. with their 1845. Oh, beer, that's interesting. Cause I, which I'm, I've never tried. I think I have, and I remember it being pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't, hats off to them. Yeah. Like, like fellas do some interesting stuff. And they've they've been doing stuff like bottle aging yeah. for years, yeah. hundreds of years. Yeah, they've exactly. They've been doing that type of long like 20 years in a bottle type beers yeah they've got the experience at that they know what they're doing it's interesting because like you know people think you need to be brewing with like burgers and bacon and like you know <laughs> looking just... at you on the follow yeah <laughs> and the thing is is that's great i love the fact that people are doing that sort of thing but you know some of the older breweries they were that's still experimenting bottle aging barrel aging like that yeah. is it's still experimenting and it's still it still helped push the boundaries, uh, you know, really yeah. well. And now they're things that we just go, oh, okay, well, that's that's fine. Like, yeah. you know, th- those breweries don't do anything interesting. Yeah, it's only it's like, Yeah, and it's on. like, yeah, but they did they did do interesting things and they still do do interesting things. Mm. And it, like, yes, it's not as crazy and awesome as, you know, brewing with candy floss, but, you know, it's still, yeah, it's yeah. still helping to move things along. And that's where um, a lot of, a lot of knowledge comes from is from doing the you know what now seems basic yeah but at the time probably wasn't and it's it's good to have that knowledge as well that, yeah that what what you what tweaks you need to do to a recipe in order for it to age well yeah that it that type of knowledge that in at an intuitive level at least yeah is not going to come quickly oh no no you're, no, you're no. not you're not going to have a 23 year old that can just you know buy a place in uh, London and and start bashing out barrel age stuff and yeah. it'd be fantastic right off the bat. Yeah, uh, it's going to take practice. Yeah, like uh, it, either or it's going to take 
a lot of time spent with people who have done it true, for a true. long amount of time because you can't teach that type of thing so oh I, yeah I, yeah I, and there are young people doing fantastic barrel aged stuff but yeah. it's that intrinsic knowledge of okay i've got this recipe how do i tweak that to make it a, a better barrel ageable barrel aged yes yeah. yeah so no like hats off to them you yeah know? I, I, I think it's really good and we should try and look out for a bottle and have a little taste of it at some point yeah um so yeah beer cool. yeah let's get a beer all right So what do we got first up? Well, this is a, an interesting one. Um, so it's not a brown ale, but it is no. coconutty. Ooh. So this is Mongozo. Uh, it's a coconut wheat beer. Um, it's brewed by Brewery L. Hieg. Yes. Which... I, I, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it, but it's H-U-Y-G-H-E. Um, and they are a Belgian brewery. Yeah, apparently um, they're the same people that uh, do, make Delirium Yeah, Tremens, Delirium. So. so, yeah, like, you know, solid, solid beer there. Yeah. Everyone knows the, the pink elephant. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, like, I've had this beer before, mm-hmm. um, and it's mainly from uh, a local um, restaurant. Yes, uh, just they, just down the road from yours. Yeah, literally just down the road called, uh, called Clay's, and they have it. Yeah. Um, and... It works really well with their with their curries. Yes. Uh, so for anyone in the Reading area, uh, there is a restaurant doing uh, Southern Indian yeah food. Hyderabadi food yep. um, uh, called Clay's. Go and check them out. Fantastic, fantastic, interesting yeah, so food. But also they they know stuff about beer as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think the first time I went down there, um, I was speaking to one of the owners, um, and she was saying that she picks all the beers mm. specifically. For, to go with the food to to match with the food so they have their own um ipa yeah which is um, west parks isn't it I yes yeah. yeah so 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 they've actually got an ipa uh they do mango uh pale and then they've got this fella which is served in a half coconut mm. which yeah, is it's, it's very beautiful if you if you look on the internet and, and search for clays i'm sure you'll find pictures yeah of that type of thing. um definitely go there because it's worth it yes but the beer in yeah. hand uh, yeah it it's got um it is pale, but milky. Milky or, pale. As yeah. you would expect from a coconut, really. You, like, <laughs> like coconut milky. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, I can smell the coconut, and the glass isn't even near my face. Yeah. And I can smell it's the coconut. Big, well, because I don't know how much of that coconut smell is just your house <laughs> smelling <laughs> I mean, fantastic. That's possible. I, I think it's this, though. Yeah, that's um, true. Right, you're going, for a, you're going for a taste. Yeah. Looks good. Uh, p- apparently, according to the bottle, there's a uh, rice involved in the... Oh and the grain God. bill as well as coconut. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's sweet. Oh, it's sweet as anything. Um, but so coconutty. Um, it's got a really nice mouthfeel from the wheat. It yeah, is like drinking um, coconut milk. Yeah. It's like drinking alcoholic coconut milk. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a blend. Yeah. of coconut milk and Yeah, a I, I would it beer. would I would be interested to see whether or not they actually use coconut milk in the beer or not because it's only uh was it 3.1 uh, 3.6 sorry 3.6 percent. so it's not an incredibly strong beer um but so drinkable yeah so drinkable like, that. yeah like that i mean I, I understand why uh they pair it with their food uh down at clay's because it just it just works so well mm. uh it, it kind of puts it kind of puts out the fire a little bit um in the mouth which is quite nice but uh yeah that is 
Ah, it's outstanding. Yeah. I like that a lot. And it's it's one of those beers as well. When you mention people that uh, mention two people that you're doing a coconut beer, this is one of the first things they're going to bring up. It, it's mm. it's quite iconic. The Mongoza yeah. stuff. It's it's especially this coconut one. I've seen it in multiple places. Uh, it's always uh, there's always a bottle of it at the Grumpy Goat as well. Yeah. Uh, in Reading, another uh, a bottle shop. Uh, yeah, it's just brilliant. Grab it at least, even if you're not a big fan of coconut, you should try it once. Yeah, that's it. It's one of those things that is just worth giving it a go. Yeah, really good. And mm. that coconut just lingers. Mm. Yeah, lovely, rich, num, sweet num, aftertaste. Num. I like that a lot. It's oh, just imagine a can of that on, on a hot oh, day out, great, out in the park. Yeah, just a, a, yeah. just a can of Mongozo. Yeah, maybe with a straw with some. I don't know. Nah, flamingos nost- on a stick. Nostrils. Okay. Not Fair flamingos enough. on sticks. They're too big. <laughs> flamingos are too big to put on a stick, man. True. Yeah. Too pink. All right. Uh, wait. Not wait. They they are. No, I don't know. <laughs> next. Next. <laughs> right. What's up next then, Mike? So it's uh, another coconut beer, although it does have other things in. I will warn you. Uh, okay. And it, it's a collaboration between Sirencraft, just uh, just around the corner from us. Yeah. And Baskland. Okay. Presumably from Basque. You would assume so. Yes. Uh, and it is called Hawaiian Shake. So, oh. Yes, there's coconut. There is also yep. passion fruit and right. a hint of vanilla. Okay. Now, um, I'm noticing there's not many coconut brown ales making it into our tasting list. Is that because they're really hard to come by? Uh, I didn't see any in yeah. the lead up to this episode. I can, uh, I can honestly I can honestly, I don't know of any other than... The corner yeah. one, or commercial versions of anywhere. They probably do exist. Uh, some, if, if yeah, if any of our listeners here, any of any, please, mm. please let us know because it's a lovely style. Yeah, and we'd love to try it out. But until then, coconut in other styles, such yeah. as this coconut and passion fruit milkshake IPA. Now this looks very, very similar to Mongozo. Yeah, like it's got hazy, that. Yeah, it's got that hazy milky. pale. But is it going to taste the same? The smell is much more passion fruit and hops. That may mm. be because we've just swamped ourselves with, with coconut. Super super cocoa nut. Yeah, and, and so any subtle coconut there is just gonna get drowned out. In wow. which case I apologize. Get in there, have a taste right. and let me know. But I mean it, it smells amazing. It smells real fruity and nice. Mm, that's different. Already, drier finish. Still very sweet. Dry finish. The passion fruit there is big. Uh, as I predicted, the coconut's real low just because we've had the mongozo just before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering whether or not it would have been high anyway because, mm. I mean, it's definitely there, but I think it's there in a nice balanced way. I think if yeah. it had been kind of too overpowering, it might have been a bit too much. It might have, I don't know, stopped it being quite a, um, you know, that style of pale ale. Yeah. Because I don't think coconut works well in a pale ale. Uh, uh, especially if, if, a drier pale. Yeah, if that's yeah. what you're after. It works well in a wheat beer because you mm. want that kind of nice rounded mouthfeel. Um, but no, I, th- I think that works. The coconut in that works really well. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's definitely a fruity dryness as well. It's mm. not It's not your standard sort of hoppy IBU dry. It's more like a carton of tropical juice. It's, it's that mm. type of aftertaste. Yeah, um, the vanilla is very subtle in that. I, I'm searching for it, and I'm I'm yet to. It's very quaffable, that though, isn't it? Oh yeah. What's the percentage on that? Oh, good point. I didn't even didn't even check that out. Uh, where 
will it be written? 6.4. Whoa. Yeah, that's bigger than I thought. Yeah. I thought this was like a 4% yeah. fruity number, but that's that's lovely. I, I, that, that is really nice. Um, I could drink that a lot and regularly, mm. um, and I might have to. <laughs> no mention as to how they've added the coconut or the passion fruit. No, but- see that like that is always a thing. Um, is how these how the breweries get these flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do they use coconut? Do they use extract? Um, no, in Siren Craft, they use the real deal. Yeah, and the thing is, that I always think it works better if you do. Yeah, um, and it's a, it's a good learning process as well yeah. uh, speaking as a home brewer rather than as a commercial brewer yeah learning how to extract certain flavors from certain ingredients because all ingredients are different and that's the weird yeah. thing is that you can go like oh right i've got um gooseberries how do i get gooseberry, gooseberry flavor, flavor out yeah. of gooseberries or i've got tonka beans how do i get tonka bean flavor out of it yeah everything's different it's not like when you do have essences where it's just you buy the thing and you add the thing yeah well th- that's it like I often find with uh, certain kind of flavorings and stuff like that, you get that, um, I don't know, sort of like artificial taste. That's like artificial sweetness sort of taste mm. to it. And it can be okay, but I often find the more I drink of that beer, the more and more prominent that flavor becomes. Yeah, whereas you the know. rest of it sort of dies down a bit. Yeah, yeah. So whereas that flavor never seems to disappear. So, yeah, I, I like that's why I always try and use you know if i want in coconut i use coconut if i want chocolate then i'm using coca beans or you know coca nibs um but yeah like that for that percentage is yeah really good i didn't actually tell you what percentage the brown ale is going to come out at oh what how six percent six percent that's a very respectable i think so yeah yeah but no that's that that, that's really nice that the, the coconut isn't as prominent um, in that one, mm. as it was with the Mongozo, but the Mongozo, that's what it is. Yeah, it, this one's a bit more refreshing, mm. and a bit more like, yeah, sessionable. Mm. Very nice, though. Well, no, they're both sessionable in equal measure. Mm. Grapefruit. Yes. Um, and it's actually, I've just done a little bit of a <clears throat> uh, one two oh, yeah. action there. Yeah, and they what? suit really well. Do they? Yeah. Mix it. No mixing. <laughs> no, sip <laughs> one, right. then sip the other. Anyway, let's, okay. let's get another bit. Yeah, let's do another one. What's next? Oh, we've got something weird. Oh, is it? Yes. Uh, using the rule that, you know, has to have some coconut in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the rule. this episode. We've gone for another collaboration, uh, Dark Revolution, oh. uh, who we've had some very good beers in the past, and Vibrant Forest. Again, mm. fantastic uh, brewery just out of the New Forest. Uh, yeah. No, in the New Forest. Yeah. Yes. Good. Uh, this beer is called Baloo. Baloo. And it is a blueberry and coconut export stout. Oh, interesting. Blueberry yeah. and coconut. Blueberry and coconut. Not nice. often mixed together that, that I notice. No. Uh, it does go into a lot more detail than some cans on the back of it. Um, so much so, like, they, they go into the uh, a, a bit of the grain bill, not all of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, mentioning that it does contain oats as yeah. well as, as barley, which is good. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. mouthfeel and the stout, that's fine. Um, it mentions that they actually use actual blueberry and actual coconut. That's good. Uh, on the ingredients list. Hooray. Uh, but also that it is uh, uh, fermented on a Norwegian uh, quike yeast. Right. So it's, it's spe- the, the word is spelt kvike. Yeah. Uh, or but 
apparently pronounced quike. Right, okay. Um, it is is a Norwegian farmhouse yeast yep. that is just bonkers. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, crazy. If you look into it. So this, this is a yeast that uh, apparently ferments happily uh, at any temperature from sort of, you know, your, your standard like 10 degrees yeah. all the way up to 40 degrees. Wow. I bet I reckon ah. you could ferment out in a day. Yes, uh, super high speed. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it goes from was it flaked, uh, ye- dried yeast, yeah. to visibly fermenting within thirty minutes. Yeah, that's it. at forty degrees. That's insane. At forty degrees. That's forty insane. degrees. And the thing is, like, I know I could get my fridge up to that, so I might have to try this yeast <laughs> at some point. Might just have to give it a go. Yeah. It, uh, apparently, the the level of esters is about the same, no matter what you, yeah. you brew it at. Uh, known for its sort of uh, citrusy lime stuff as well as uh your standard farmhouse funk yeah yeah so, well that, that, that on the nose you can get you can get that farmhousey funk yeah i'm not getting yeah, su- i'm not yeah, getting yeah. i'm not getting a super amount of lime but there again i imagine that's probably more so during the fermentation process yeah and than it is afterwards with things like blueberry and coconut in there they've probably swamped any of that type of specific citrus notes smells good though yeah smells deep what's what's the percentage uh, uh on the pokey two. side 8.2. No, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna, I'd literally just seen it from that. I was like, whoa, 8.2. There he is. Very dark. Uh, light, fluffy head. He's had a big swig. What does he think? Oh, that's good. I'm getting big blueberry, though. Big not, blueberry. Not a lot of cocoa nut. No. But that blueberry is definitely there. And, like, it's got that, that stouty bite right at the start. Mm yeah, the blueberries there. A little bit boozy, even even after having a, a six point. Was it six point two? Yeah. To this, like it, it's it's a notable noticeable boozy oh, jump. See, I don't. Um, I don't, I don't get that at all. Fair enough. Like I, like I would be like, if you told me that was six percent, I'd be like, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I can see that. It might just be that the Hawaiian shake particularly hit it well. Yeah, well, the the, the Hawaiian shake was so clean and crisp. Uh, but I mean, I often find that um, stouts do just taste stronger, mm. you know, because it's got that body, um, you know. So it's like okay, it, and you you tend to assume that darker beers do tend to be a bit stronger, yeah, which is absolutely nonsense. Stronger tasting. You know, they're not. You know, it's absolute nonsense. Darker beers are not always stronger beers, no. alcohol wise. But you do always get that sort of feeling. You're like, oh, that's going to be five yeah. percent and above. And, and part of that is the, the roast, uh, roastier grains hide alcohol a bit better yes, sometimes, yeah. uh, but then certain things like lactose and vanilla hide it as well. So, yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? Drink it. That's what you're going to do. Yeah, uh, get it in your neck. I, I, I've had some very sweet, very sweet blueberry beers uh, in the past. Uh, Wild Weather's Obsidian. That's really nice. Uh, which was, blueberry uh, and oyster stout. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Whereas this, uh, blueberry coconut. Mm. Yeah. It's it's drier. It, it's a lot drier. It's a lot drier. It's it's very nice. I don't. Mm. I'm still not getting the coconut though. No, um, which is a shame because I think the coconut, more coconut, would have balanced that out really well. Yeah. Um. I can see why they wanted to have the coconut in there. Yeah. Yeah. For It'd be interesting to find out sort of what percentages they used for the coconut. Mm. Um. And since well, the, one of the issues with collaborations is that they are very rarely revisited as yeah. well like this this presumably uh, unless one of the breweries decides no we're going to run with that yeah as a thing yeah, yeah. 
And a, a lot of them are doing so many collaborations these days that it has to be a very special collaboration for you to want to yeah. visit it. Which is why if you see collaboration beers, get them. Yeah, give them a go. Chances are you'll never get them again. <laughs> yeah, and if they are amazing, let the brewery know. Yeah. Because that's the only way you're ever going to see it again. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I, I like it. It's, um, again, I, I don't know how much of it is maybe the Mongozo right at the start yeah. has overpowered things, but I mean, it, sh- it, it shouldn't have by now. Like that, The Mongozo yeah. should have disappeared enough, so that should be able to taste the coconut more prominently in that. Mm. Like it is there, but it's just not, you know. Yeah, there. Yeah, if if, if someone said to me that's it, it's it's a blueberry stout that's a bit drier than obsidian, I yeah. go, yep. Yeah, you are correct. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm honestly it's very nice though, no but I, I, and I'm I'm looking forward to finishing it off. Yeah. Oh, maybe in the aftertaste. Yeah. Maybe there's a lingering sort of uh, fle- like coconut fleshy sort of yeah. flavor no, no, rather, rather than juicy rather than milky yeah it's yeah maybe fleshy fleshy <laughs> you know like yeah, the flake flaky yeah but you know less gross sounding yeah but fleshy these <laughs> <what I'm going laughs> because that's less gross yes yeah. oh it's all fleshy yeah lovely yeah. <laughs> I, I think we should try oh. uh, another one now. yeah we've got such a treat such a treat such a treat for everyone right. let's yeah. go get the treat yeah. and then we'll tell them about it All right, boy, do we have a treat. From Cow's Homeland, we have... Newcastle Brown Ale. <laughs> yes. Amazing. We are, we are tasting Newcastle Brown Ale here. And um, the, the star on the back was blue, mm-hmm. which means... I don't know if you were aware of this, but Newcastle Brown Ale, um, on the back of their bottle, they have a star yeah. that changes colour. Ah. So when it is the correct temperature... Ah. The little star turns blue, and that is optimum drinking temperature. So it's only half blue. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, the bottle's now empty, and it's been sat in my hand. Oh, yeah, true. So there is that. So, Newcastle Brown Hill, 4.7%. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, it's a classic. Yeah. So we couldn't we couldn't do brown ales without trying Newcastle Brown Hill. This is an English brown ale, though, not an American brown yeah, ale. Yeah, true. So that's worth bearing in mind. But it is the definitive brown ale. It, though. And what's what's interesting is I, I obviously visit my brother in America. They have this on tap Gee. in pretty much most bars, craft bars as well. Yeah, this is on tap, and you tell people, "Oh, I'm from Newcastle." And they're like, is that near London? It's like, no. Do, <laughs> do you know where? Do you know? Do you know where the beer's from? Yeah, there. <laughs> <laughs> they've heard of the beer but they've never heard of Newcastle no. I just don't think they know that it is an actual place what do they call it they call it Newcastle Brown yeah. uh, not like Nuki Brown or, or, or just Mad Brown. Dog Mad or, Dog yeah well that, that, like, that's another name for Newcastle Brown yeah I know um, that one yeah so like do you know Snakebite yeah if you're mixing um, like lager and cider and cider yeah you have a dog bite which is Newcastle Brown oh, and cider <laughs> So Mad Dog is uh... so well. It used to be called. Uh, th- this is the this is the law behind it. Okay. Um, whether or not it's actually true or not, I don't know. The L O R E law. Yeah. This. Yeah. This is just what I've what I've been told. The reason it was called Mad Dog is because it used to make people aggressive, and it has it it has that similar sort of 
I don't know, myth that Stella has yeah, yeah. to make you a bit aggressive. Just because it's high alcohol and high but, sugar. And... Uh, but apparently they changed the recipe and now it doesn't. So, <laughs> so, so, if, so, so if you go into a bar uh, in Newcastle and you ask for a bottle of dog, that's what you're getting. Yeah. So, uh, and always seen in bottles, in the UK at least. That I, I, oh, I've never seen it on tap in the Always UK. perfectly never clear yep. bottles. Uh, yeah, and it is a brown. It is a brown. It, 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 it's a lighter brown. brown. It, like, it's lighter almost brown. an amber. It, mm, but maybe it's just dark in here. But that, to me, that looks middling brown. You are drinking it out of a tankard, as out is of a tankard, <laughs> as is customary. Or, although well, the amount of aroma it's given off—it's huge. I did isn't it? not remember that. I, last, I, I'll be honest. Last Newcastle Brown I've ever had was about eight years ago. Yeah. Back in you know when you're in a bar and there's literally nothing appealing. I've, I've but I, you see in the fridge. I definitely drank it more regularly than that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have you, to you it, it. Like, like, like like by law, I have to drink it uh, at least once yeah. a year. Someone hears the accent and just. No, 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 no! Like, like, it's it's an actual law in Newcastle. Okay. Like, if you, if you, like, you have to drink it at least once a year. Yeah, that's uh, it's the thing that keeps the brewery going. Um, that and the American market for it, apparently. <laughs> so so I, I'm gonna talk about gonna aroma. Take what? a trip down memory lane, yeah. I think, and really have a big old glug of this. Oh, I, you know, it it smells like an old pub used to smell. That tastes like an old pub. It's yeah, wow, memories. So, yeah, you, you've got quite sweet. You've got a real uh, English yeast funk. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, just m- it's malty. malty. It's, it's caramelly. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's perfectly well balanced because um, there's not much dryness. No. Uh, the sweetness is that, that is there goes pretty quick, which is good, but it's not like the flavour doesn't linger as much as I was expecting. So, no, yeah, the, the, the nose... Makes you think it's going to be like boom right in your face, yeah. and it is. There is a there is a, a good lasting bitterness to it though. Mm. I, I I always uh, I mean it's one of the real downfalls with clear glass is that mm. any any bitterness from hops is going to disintegrate real yes. quickly, yeah, yeah, real quick. Um, and I don't know whether that is a hoppy bitterness or whether that's just from a bit more of a biscuity malt and. Uh, less intense sweetness because it's not i've had best bitters at four percent that are loads sweeter than that like real big sugar bombs mm. whereas this one it, yeah it is sweet it's not as sweet as mongoza mongoza well, sorry so what we got uh, ingredients on the back yeah. uh water okay malted barley yep glucose syrup oh <laughs> barley hops hop extract uh yeah that's pretty much about it wow glucose syrup yeah that's probably where the caramelly flavor is coming from okay i'd have thought um so on the back there's a there's a little little story slash blurby bit uh so did you know newcastle brown is affectionately known as dog by those in the know uh i'm canon to see a man about a dog Uh, is that where that phrase uh, comes uh, from i don't think so Oh, okay um I'm taking the dog for a walk, are often used by Geordie men as an excuse uh, for visiting their local to sample their beloved tipple. Apparently. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if that's strictly true, but yeah. it's a nice story. Yeah. Um, that is it's, an easy drinker. It's fine. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm probably halfway through yeah. the sample that I bought myself. Like, 
I would, I would happily sit and drink that. Yeah. Like it's it, it's a nice beer. Like it's, it's it's very simple and like it's very down the line. It's mm. it, it's not got you know subtle nuances going on all over the place. It is what it is. Yeah. And they've done it. They've, they've done kept it well. The carbonation down really low. It's almost at cask levels of carbonation. It's sort of yeah. somewhere between cask and bottle. Uh, it's it's very cooperative to pour. Yeah, it's yeah. They know what their market is. Their market is the 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 people that like that type of thing. Yeah, and they do that. Yeah, and they do it very well. Like that's not a bad beer. No, like, uh, it, like it's not. Well, I, like, I would have liked it if the aroma, the 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 pure sort of yeast funk, yeah, aroma was less. I, okay. I don't know how to sort of combat that. Um, other than it's just that's the yeast they use and that's the smell it gives, but th- it's it's more like an ambient smell. It's not like yeah. if, if you take a big old sniff, you don't get much of it at all. It's more you can smell it from across the room. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think what it what the aroma does for me is there's just so much nostalgia. Yes, that's, that's what that's it does. One. It just makes mm, me remember, comforting. like you know, when I was younger and in a pub, and pubs just had that smell. Yeah, and like that's that's just what it is. Stale like, beer mats and yeah. yeah, and but the thing is, is like like that also comes coupled with a lot of like nice happy memories and stuff like that. Mm. So, but I know for some people that's the reason why they still somehow like scampi fries and, and stuff uh, like that well, it's just I, the, don't, don't, that's not even gonna i love scampi fries because <laughs> it's, it's the nostalgic appeal of it's it. not it's, it's, it's not it's because they're amazing well okay that's that's an <laughs> argument for another time well i think you know that about does it I, yeah we haven't got any more beers to try so no we'll sit here and just drink this dog yeah is that is that am i using the word right yes okay <laughs> <laughs> bye bye